Good evening, and welcome to this evening's episode of the Mary Trump Show. Ask me anything within reason. I uh, got some good questions for you tonight. Um, I'm happy to be here. I was running a little late, thanks to a guy named Andy Murray, because uh, I I um, just got back to New York from Massachusetts, and I would have left earlier, except uh, he refused to lose his tennis match at the Australian Open, and I could not, literally could not turn off the television. So after five hours and 45 minutes, his match against Tanasi Kokonakis, an Australian, uh, ended at after four o'clock this morning, Australia time. I know you guys are riveted by the tennis conversation, but I just wanted to let you know why I almost didn't make it tonight. Um, anyway, I am here and I have your questions. Um, it seems sort of redundant to say there's a lot going on because there always is, but um, let's dive in, shall we? Uh, from Carly in Las Vegas, Nevada, <laughs> just explain it to me simply. Biden's document find isn't the same as Donald's, right? Right. The, people have been saying it's like comparing apples to oranges. I think it's more like comparing apples to trebuchets or, you know, apples to tarantulas. They literally have nothing in common other than the fact that some government documents are involved and were at a government employee or former government employee's uh, property. That's it. Um, first of all, I don't honestly, I don't know that much about the documents um, found in Biden's possession because I, I, I don't care. I, it's so obvious that it was a mistake. It was sloppy. Don't get me wrong. It was, it was, it shouldn't have happened. But once those documents were found, and I think some of them are from the time when he was vice president, <laughs> uh, they were both, uh, both sets tranches of documents were found in locked areas, one at the Biden pen complex, one at his Delaware home. And um, as soon as they were found, like, I don't know why they were found or if they were just stumbled across or what, but as soon as they were found, they were handed in by Biden's lawyers to the national archives. And uh, the, I believe the DOJ was alerted. So it was a mistake. It was rectified. Um, and again, this is something that seems to have happened a long time ago. Uh, not that that makes it okay, but there's no culpability here. There's also an extremely good chance that Joe Biden didn't even know about it, like that they weren't. He didn't take the documents. Um, so many people have access to these things on, on a vice president's or a president's team. So there's no malfeasance. There's no intent. There's no, uh, there's nothing suspicious happening. Merrick Garland's appointing a special counsel for this just shows you that he's completely spineless. And, uh, as, as Democrats often do, uh, bend over backwards to show their, um, being even handed and serious by handing over the power to Republicans. <laughs> so, cause the, uh, 
one of the few holdovers from Donald's administration at the DOJ. It has been assigned to look into the Biden document case. And he, of course, was appointed by Donald. Donald, on the other hand, literally took the documents himself, stole them from the government, brought them to an unsecure location. Um, many, many people who did not have clearance had access to them. He lied about having them. I, he had to be approached by the National Archives, resisted giving them back, lied and said that he had declassified them in his mind, which is very special. He uh, claimed at one point that, that it was a hoax and the documents had been planted and then claimed again that they were his property. So whatever. I mean, what, what is clear is that he, he took them willfully, knew they were there, refused to turn them over after months and months of negotiating. The FBI finally had to get a search warrant, a legally obtained search warrant, so uh, they could go to Mar-a-Lago and get the documents that Donald had refused to hand over. It wasn't a raid. It was a legally executed search. Um, and then after all of that, they found more in a separate storage location. We know that many of the documents were highly classified, sensitive. Some of them had to do with nuclear intelligence. Some of them had to do with um, assets, like human beings who uh, did intelligence for the United States and may have been in serious jeopardy because of that. So there's nothing, you know, the Biden case is... Um, irresponsibility and uh the case with donald is is criminal i mean we've got obstruction of justice we've got espionage potentially um we don't know what he had them for uh we know why he kept kim jong-un's letters because he's got this weird thing for him but we don't know why he had highly sensitive top secret documents i mean bragging rights um leverage to make money blackmail we have no clue that special counsel definitely needs to dig into that so jack smith get on it i'm actually i was i was upset at first that merrick garland had appointed a special counsel to to look into donald's case because i just figured the doj should go ahead and indict him there was plenty of evidence um but um i think jack smith will do a better job because uh merrick garland doesn't have a spine. Uh, okay, from Fred in Pomona, California. If they can uh, arrest Greta Thunberg, uh, is frontline activism something we should worry about? What are the most effective ways to make a difference in our country and for our beliefs? So that's a good question. I mean, I think I think um, Greta's strategy is a good one. You know, she she. This is something that she does every day. She does not let this issue go. And, uh, you know, I imagine is, is trying to amass enough people to make a difference um, here. We need sustained protest. It, there, there just doesn't seem to be any organizing principle or organization to do the organizing. Um, it, it's, 
it's a bit of a mystery to me. I've been wondering about this since since George W. Bush was in office. Like, why, why is why are people calling for a revolution? And uh, we still we still haven't. Um, so I'm not really sure how bad things need to be. Uh, we'll we'll see if uh, the the Republican House is is finally going to be able to push push us over that edge. Um, I mean, and other than that, I, honestly, I, I don't mean to be flipped because it's a very serious issue. I think uh, one of the most effective things we can do in that vein is work locally. Um, we had Karen Hunter on the show on Tuesday and, um, you know, uh, we cannot discount how important it is to build uh, to build at the local level no matter what it is, whether it's getting people to vote or getting people involved uh, in the issues because, um, you know, our, our, our democracy is threatened, our world is threatened, and, you know, we have, we have a, a lot to be protesting. All right, from Natasha in Dallas, Texas. Is it time for Dark Brandon to come back and get in front of the Republican Congress by issuing a platinum trillion-dollar coin to get around the debt ceiling madness? <laughs> um, you know, this is a, uh, one of those things that makes me insane. Um, not, th not that it takes much these days, honestly, but the whole debt ceiling thing should be done away with because as we've seen over the last decade or so, uh, it is, it, it has become something that's never an issue when we have a Republican president in office. And when we have a Democratic president in office, it's an opportunity for Republicans to hold the country hostage so they can get cuts to programs like they will, they will destroy the economy of the world unless they get their way. I think what's different now is that, um, I don't. I don't know that any ever anybody ever believed that they would actually go through with it because it would destroy them too, right? Yes, they could blame President uh, President Obama for the fact that the economy was destroyed, but by the way, the economy was also destroyed. So who knows what that would look like? Uh, now we have a house that I think is perfectly capable of pulling the trigger on the debt ceiling. Let's take a step back for a second and just. So for people who may not know, uh, let's talk about the debt ceiling is. It is simply a, um, a mark that's met when um, we, we basically have run out of money to pay our debts. So we need to increase the amount of money we can borrow, the country can borrow. So the debt ceiling is a way of paying debts we've already accrued. So in other words, it's like paying your credit card bill. It's a, it's a, you're not asking for more money to buy more stuff. You're getting more money so you can pay people to whom you already owe the money because you've already bought the things from them. So defaulting on the debt ceiling means we would not be able to pay those debts. Our credit rating would tank. Um, the full faith and credit of the United States would lose all meaning. And it would trigger a global 
economic catastrophe. So the fact that it even exists is mind blowing. It's like, it's up there with the, you know, the filibuster or the electoral college. Like what, why are we still dealing with these ancient mechanisms um, that only serve to uh, keep this country unstable, especially when uh, enough of us keep giving power to these crazy, irresponsible, autocratic, anti-democratic, um, awful people. That was very eloquent. So um, <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping that President Biden and the Democrats are, are taking seriously the idea that the Republicans might actually go through with it, in which case, yeah, issue the, the trillion dollar coin. Um, I, you know, I don't think that's apocryphal. I think that's actually something that President Biden could order the Treasury to, you know, print enough money or print a coin that's worth enough money that um, the, the debt ceiling could be raised or, or something like that. Uh, but Again, we keep putting ourselves through these things, and I, I'm not entirely sure why the Democrats didn't do anything about it, except I'm guessing that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema have something to do with that. Uh, okay, so from Rosa in Phoenix, we might not agree with them, but shouldn't we support the Freedom Caucus for their role in absolutely wrecking the cohesiveness of our opposition? No. Because they're they're part of the opposition. I mean, they they might um, they might um, have thrown the wrench in the works for McCarthy's bid to be speaker, um, but they got so many concessions from him that they own him. So the only hope we have is if there are if there are no moderate republicans but there are a handful of republicans who aren't as crazy as the met gates this is the people on that end of the spectrum right the freedom caucus people um scott perry paul gosar green bobert etc cetera, etc cetera. um so the, i think our best hope is to um, get those people and you know most of them there may be 15 or 18 they're in swing districts they're in districts that voted for President Biden in 2020 uh, and just got in because of gerrymandering or what have you or fickleness of the electorate uh, so getting the Democrats to to get some of them on board because remember it's a, the, the Republicans have a very narrow margin so it would only require getting four or five Republicans uh, in those swing districts who maybe want to get reelected in 2024 and won't if uh, the Republican House led by McCarthy destroys the country. Right. So I, I think that's that's more the way to go. Um, let's see. From just in Baltimore. Why are so many people firing off on Biden over a nothing burger? Is this an attempt to look for a new candidate in 2024? What is everyone thinking? I, I think part of it is just uh, 
the Democrats are bad at this kind of thing. Um, you know, when when uh, we found out about all the documents, thousands of documents Donald had stolen from our government, the Republicans were totally supportive of him, except maybe Mitt Romney. Um, even though Donald did something legitimately wrong. What, what Democrats should have said when we got the news about the Biden document issue is these two things are nothing alike. It was a mistake. They handled it well. Move on. There's no comparison to be made here. Instead, they're like, oh, you know, it's really bad. It's really going to weak. It's, ter it's terrible. I dem Democrats need to just get, grow a spine and, and stop conceding. Uh, sorry, stop ceding ground to the opposition because it's not helpful. Um, and, you know, the idea that this would weaken Biden is absurd and they need to stop uh, playing into it. Um, from Jill in Denver, Colorado, let's say they gave you a full hazmat suit, a legal team, <laughs> and security protection. Would you even be willing to set foot on any of Donald's properties to find anything that could take him down? Listen, <laughs> I have no interest in going on Donald's properties. Um, although a hazmat suit would, would make it more likely. Um, there's so much that should be taking him down now. Like I honestly don't know what could be found that would be more damning that the thing than the things we already know. And that's, that's one of the, that's one of the realities that I, I find so mind blowing. Like, what else is it going to take? Really? <laughs> Just, ah, it's completely crazy. Um, from Trish in Boston, Massachusetts, inflation is down. President Biden has done more than any of us could have imagined how should he and his team retake the media narrative? They need to keep touting their successes. Uh, they need to keep doing the right things for the American people. And I think they need to uh, very often do a compare and contrast between Democrats and Republicans because already we're two weeks in and, and the Republican House has, has just done these extraordinarily uh, destructive things. You know, look look at who who they've put on committees uh, who shouldn't even have security clearances. We've got insurrectionists on the oversight committee. Okay, I mean, I I don't know in what universe that should be okay with anybody. So they have so much, they have so much uh, material to work with. Um, but again, you know, messaging not a not a great strength of the Biden administration. But, you know, we also know that with inflation going down, as you say, and uh, good paying jobs continuing to be created um, and employment still down, unemployment is still down. Uh, we've got another year and a half before uh, for a lot of these policies to kick in even more and for people really to feel the difference that, that they're going to make in their lives. So. Partially it's, it's messaging, but partially it's just experiential. 
from Harry in Los Angeles, California, uh, Republicans have taken the gun stuff to the next level with the SCOTUS that won't step in. Is it time for liberals to start hitting the rage? Uh, again, we, Karen Hunter and I had a sort of not so much a conversation, but we we talked about this a little, briefly on the show on Tuesday, and uh, that's her that's her opinion, and I completely understand it. I hate guns so much that it's hard for me to think that that's a good idea. Um, but I completely under, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm right. I, I want to be, but I don't, I don't even know that I am. Um, this country has over 400 million guns. They're in the hands of a very, very small minority of people. And of course the majority of people who have them are on the right. And, you know, there are some people in this country have hundreds and hundreds of guns, assault weapons, you know, it's so, but that's also the other thing. It's like, all right, if I were to get a gun, I'm not getting a fucking assault weapon. I'm getting a handgun or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but so, so what difference would it make? And I'm not walking around with, I, I don't know. It's, it's, maybe it's, if we're preparing for, for that kind of situation, maybe I think if, if there's, movement along those lines i don't know i i did riflery at camp i was a pretty good shot um but you know shooting at paper targets is, is an entirely different level uh so i'm not i'm not saying it's a bad idea i'm just saying i i it's really hard for me uh to want that <laughs> um but again i i think uh it's a perfectly reasonable option if we get to that point. Uh, we do also have to remember, though, that unless something goes hideously wrong, um, even even these psychos with hundreds of uh, AK-47s are no match for the United States military. Uh, so I, I'm hoping it's not an issue we're going to have to worry about. Sorry, I think Sebastian is thirsty. You want some? You want some more? All right. Um, from Minna in Seattle, Washington, our debt levels are getting out of control. Why aren't we targeting billionaires? Isn't this a winning issue for Democrats? Yes, it should be. I I really think that uh, the the more evidence we have that billionaires are just incredibly selfish people who just want to make more money and that uh, the government as it's currently operating uh, supports that endeavor. And it, the more we learn that people like Donald and well, not that he's a billionaire, but you know, he's got money uh, people like um, what's his name? Elon Musk. Uh, companies like Amazon, Amazon pays no taxes. I mean, it's just, it's insanity when you've got somebody, you know, a teacher or a secretary or um, somebody, you know, working in a, a restaurant or in healthcare or what have you being taxed at a higher rate. There's something deeply, deeply wrong. Now, I think the Democrats want to fix the system. That's why they increased funding for the IRS significantly. And, and just in case you weren't sure, um, 
there there are not 87,000 armed IRS agents coming to get you. The reason they were adding more agents is one, to improve customer service, because think about it, the IRS has every adult American as a client, basically, uh, to modernize the system and also add agents who can take the considerable amount of time required to investigate very rich taxpayers who don't pay their fair share. Because that's the other thing. Rich people can afford accountants who can do all sorts of very complicated um, accounting maneuvers to get their clients out of paying what they should be paying. It also therefore then requires a large amount of time and sophistication to sift through all of that. I mean, the, the tax, the six years of tax returns Congress finally got from that, it was like I, millions of pages. And they do this on purpose. So, of course, the uh, Republicans in the House uh, voted to um, get rid of that bill, not understanding that it requires the Senate to vote on it as well. So they didn't actually accomplish anything. So hopefully that funding goes through and um, we see some changes. But it's it's a it's a mystery to me, I guess, why why more people don't care about it. I I think it's for some people it's sort of aspirational. Like, well, if I'm ever really that rich, I don't want to pay taxes either. I th I think I think that's part of the psychology there. Um, okay. From Ira in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hypothetically, let's say President Biden has had enough. Who would you want to see running for high office if only get their message out there in 2024 and beyond? Um, I, I am in full support of President Biden. I know this is a hypothetical, but I honestly, I just don't even want to muddy the waters. He is, I think it will shake out that he is, has been the best first term president in my lifetime. Uh, so, um, I don't see any reason, and it's not just him, it's his team, it's the people he has around him, um, you know, uh, and it's it's not just things like the economy and jobs and um, infrastructure, it's also the, the Herculean work they've done vis-a-vis uh, -vis foreign policy and, and strengthening NATO again and strengthening the Western alliance, so... Um, I'm sorry, that wasn't any fun because I, I didn't want to do the hypothetical. But uh, we can have that conversation if and when President Biden says he's not running. Um, but until such time as that happens, I, I'm just sticking with him. From Vinny in Tampa, Florida, uh, we just had MLK Day, but equity, Martin Luther King Day, but equity and inclusion are still a big mission. What are important? What are the important ways Democrats are making America more diverse? And what are the next big steps? Well, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think Democrats have anything to do with making the country more diverse. It just is becoming more diverse. Democrats just happen to be the party that values that diversity and understands that diversity is one of this country's greatest strengths, um, and that it needs to be protected. Uh, the we are very long way from equity and inclusion though partially because the uh, republicans still have way too much power i mean in some states like alabama there isn't a martin luther king day it's um king lee day or 
I think one or two states call it uh, Great Americans Day. And yeah, they celebrate Martin Luther King because they're forced to say they do. But, but they also celebrate Robert E. Lee, who's the greatest traitor to this country and uh, fought in the service of continuing to be able to enslave people like Martin Luther King's ancestors. So, you know, that's problematic. Um, what the Democrats need to do, first, we need, just need more Democrats in the Senate, and we need to make sure that we take back the House. I don't know, given the slim majority, we might even be able to do it in the next two years, but certainly in 2024, and I think with the way things are going to be going under McCarthy, that that's a that's a really good possibility. So, um, once once we have more Democrats, we need to pass the Voting Rights Act. We need to get rid of the filibuster. Uh, it's it's about making sure that we have so many that everybody who should be allowed to vote according to the Constitution is able to vote. And uh, we just overwhelm them electorally. All right. Um, from Lily in Portland, Oregon. Is this the time for executive actions from Biden? What should he be aiming to do when we know Republicans will do everything they can to make him look weak going into 2024? Well, you know, there's that trillion dollar coin. Um, again, not still not entirely. I should know if that's a thing, but, um, by the way, I don't, I don't think he'd ever do it. Hope I'm wrong. Um, so I don't, I, I don't really know what he could do via executive action. Um, what I really hope for from president Biden in terms of, well, one, I want him to understand that, the mission of the Republican party is to make him look weak and is to make sure he's not reelected. Uh, I want him to stop saying things like Mitch McConnell is an honorable man and his good friend. Um, I want him to stop pretending that this is a party he can work with. I want him to understand as I think he's starting to do that. This is a party that is the enemy of American democracy and act accordingly. Uh, just as I want him to understand that the Supreme Court is among the most dangerous institutions in this country's history, and he needs to reform it starting yesterday. Uh, so what, whatever of those things he can do th via executive action, I'm all for it, but I think part of it is just perspective and attitude. From Shauna in Hollywood, California, Police violence is still a thing. People are dying. Where are politicians? Is there a solution? Yeah, I, it's, it's just continues to be horrific. Um, a, another black man, Keenan Anderson, was murdered by police a few days ago because his car broke down and he had the audacity as a black man to ask the police to help him. So in return, they tased him to death. Uh, I think the biggest problem, well, there are a couple of things in terms of accountability, uh, which would perhaps change the way some police officers approach these situations. 
uh, the biggest problem is qualified immunity, which basically means if you're a cop um, on duty and no matter what happens, you can't be held responsible because you're a cop. So basically it's just you're doing your job, whether it's murdering a totally innocent man. That's why we see so few prosecutions and even fewer convictions. Um, Derek Chauvin, that was a rarity. And it's only because we had the whole thing on tape and police officers were willing to testify against him. But look, look what was required in order for that to happen. I mean, seriously, the other issue is training. Um, you know, a lot of people say that the slogan defund the police is a loser for Democrats and, and it's, it's dangerous. And, well, I, I think it's just an artful. I, 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 I don't one, because it's just not, it's not going to happen. Um, what I would say is refund the police by which I mean, change the way money is allocated, uh, start investing in training and diversity hiring, hiring, start changing the way we recruit people uh, to become police officers and just change the mentality of what it means to be a police officer. You know, it used to be serve and protect and that, you know, we were, police officers were protecting their neighbors, right? Now it's, everybody in the neighborhood is like an enemy. And we see that with how police officers approach situations like a black man's car breaking down. Uh, we see it in terms of how uh, police uh, forces are armed. You know, they've got tanks. They have I'm, the weaponry is just stunning. Like, who are you going to war with? You know, it, it's insanity. And I think we recruit people who are interested not in protecting and serving, but in fighting an enemy. Um, and in that case, anybody can be an enemy. Uh, there, there's an interesting contrast <laughs> in New Zealand, I think. Um, there's a training video to recruit people to join the police force. And one, it's, it's full of people from all different walks of life and ethnicities and gender, you know, there are a lot of, there are women and men and, and all just across the spectrum. Um, and it's a, the video is literally about showing people that the job is to help others. Uh, whereas, you know, I don't think it's an accident that, that most people drawn to being police officers are white men with a particular political persuasion. Uh, so there are a couple of, of police departments in the country that have, that could serve as a model for that kind of reimagining. And we just need much, 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 much more of it. Uh, from Brent in Douse, New Mexico. Taos, sorry. Um, I'm in what they call Gen Z and things look bleak. What should give us hope? Oh, Brent. <laughs> It's a very hard question. Well, no, I have, I do have an answer because you're right. Things are bleak. You, your generation, um, which includes my daughter, is uh, has been put in a terrible situation in terms of uh, global warming, the economy, COVID. I mean, the hits just keep on coming, and none of it's your fault. Uh, but unfortunately, it's your responsibility 
um, because you're going to be living with it, the consequences of these things, if we don't change change them, uh, a lot longer, certainly, than the, the baby boomer or Gen X generations. So the hope is that because of that, you guys have so much power. I mean, you literally... Um, I don't know. Sebastian wants to be on the show tonight. Um, you made the midterms what they were. I mean, remember the projections? Republicans, the Democrats were going to lose the Senate. Republicans were going to gain 40, 50, 60 seats in the House. Because of you guys, that didn't happen. So... Um, if you keep showing up, you will have, we will all have the numbers we need to make the kind of changes that need to be made in order for your generation uh, to have a better life, a better planet and a stronger democracy. So I think, I think that's, that's all, that's all to the good. Um, from Diana in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we know the Republican Congress is going to set up insane investigative bodies. Do Democrats need to sit on them? What can they do to push back? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely two ways of looking at it. The first is don't participate in the nonsense, boycott it, and criticize it from outside. But uh, we actually talked about this on Tuesday and I think it was Norm who said that the best thing to do is to take the seats on the committees. And that's for a bunch of reasons. One, um, you want to know what's going on. He, he referred to it as intelligence gathering. And I really kind of, I like that analogy. Two, um, you know, you still, even though you're in a minority in committee, you still get to ask questions and make your point of view heard. And it might, you might be able to do that damage control, but I think there is also something very valuable in having a contrast between the utter insanity of what the Republicans are doing and it the sobriety seriousness and dedication to helping people uh that that's that would be demonstrated by democrats uh so i absolutely agree with the, the decision of people like uh zoe lofgren to be on those committees i don't envy them could you imagine being on co a committee with uh paul gosar Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, they're all on one committee together with a, along with a couple of other insurrectionists and crazy people. So I, I don't I don't think they get paid the Democrats get paid enough. Uh, they should get hazard pay, basically, I think is is what what should happen. Um so it's gonna be wild. Um and just in case you guys don't know, we we added a new show on Fridays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, 
called House of Horrors. And it's it's short. It's only about 20, 30 minutes, depending. Um, and it's two nerd Avengers and I just going through whatever horrible things the Republicans did that week, um, how the Democrats plan to counter it, what impact it might have, what silver linings there might be. I think it's really important to stay on top of what's happening in the House of Representatives this for the next two years. Um, so this week uh, it's, and what's fascinating is you know, the, the first week was uh, of the session was shortened by the fact that it took McCarthy four days and 16 votes to get elected to the speakership. And still like there was so much to talk about. I mean, what's his name? George Santos, if that indeed is his name, alone uh, could take up a whole show with that complete, um, I, I don't even know what the word for that is. Because he isn't just, I, he's totally a sociopath, but he's not just a pathological liar. He's not just somebody who has c completely fabricated a resume out of whole cloth. Um, he's, He's a sadist. I mean, he's cruel and he's a criminal. It's just, it's quite something. So it is no surprise at all, of course, that McCarthy has kept him on his side because, again, the, they're, the margin is so thin and that he's been embraced by people like Matt Gates and Green and Boebert. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be going to be a wild ride um i think that does it for us tonight um thank you so much for your questions i really like doing this once in a while that's it's kind of good to catch up it almost feels like we're actually having a conversation together um and i i do i appreciate your sending the questions in um i hope my answers helped uh and just to remind again as i just mentioned we've got house of horrors tomorrow 12 noon 9 9 um, Eastern, sorry, wrong, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and uh, I, Danielle and Jen joining me tomorrow, and then Tuesday, our regular Nerd Avengers, tw also 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, and we'll be back next week with uh, the interview show, slightly new format, I'm actually really looking forward to sharing that with you. And that's at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific next Thursday. Um, all of that can be watched uh, on Politicon's YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Politicon. And uh, while you're there, you can like the episode. You can leave a comment if you didn't watch the show in, in uh, real time. And there's a bell that you can click. Um, I think it's here. I think it's there. I can't see it because Sebastian is blocking my view. Um, but if you click on the bell on Politicon's YouTube page, you will be alerted every time a new video drops. And again, we're, we're doing our quick hits again. Uh, we'll have some of those released on Saturday. So more content for you. Uh, anyway that is it for us tonight uh it's been really great hanging out with you 
And we will see you tomorrow for House of Horrors at uh, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. In the meantime, please, guys, stay safe and be kind.